Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adrian, and with me today I have my co-host, Bakari Spells. How you doing today? I'm not sleepy for once, man. Mountain Dew finally kicked in. Hey, the Mountain Dew? Yeah, This late? That's crazy. It's essential, bro. I got homework to get to, my mom. I mean, I feel you. I feel you. School life, that's tough, you know? College oh, my good. God. I want to quit every night. <laughs> I understand it. I respect it. But, you know, we in here today to talk about these all-stars. And now that we officially have the East and the West, let's go ahead and just give our reactions to who ended up making it from the east for the four spot kevin durant who obviously got hurt so he had to get a replacement but he was the all-star captain for mm-hmm. the east yeah, so with the four spots we have kevin durant Giannis, joel and b and then for the guard spot we had demar Derozan and trey young like i said kevin durant got hurt so jason tatum jumped up and took his starting spot snuck in the- there yeah he did sneak in there hey Hey, I respect it, though. I mean, who are they going to give it to? Chris well, I, I think I read there's, like, some specific, it, like, it had to be, you know, already a reserve or some shit. Like, so it was going to be him regardless. Yeah, so, yeah, it was it was going to be him because, only, like I said, the only other option they had were Chris Milton or, or Jimmy Butler. But mm. I don't know. Jimmy Butler could have gotten I wouldn't have thought Chris Milton, but it was basically between Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum. But. Off the bench, we had LaMelo Ball, who replaced Kevin Durant, which doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Milton, and Fred Van Fleet. And he got Eric Spoelstra as the coach. Then for the West, you have LeBron, Steph, Jokic, John Morant, Andrew Wiggins. Now off the bench, you have Devin Booker, Luka, Rudy Gobert, Draymond, who will also not be playing Donovan Mitchell, DeJounte Murray, who is replacing Draymond, Chris Paul, and Carl Anthony Towns, coached by Monty Williams from the Phoenix Suns. So none of those came out. Do you, Who do you feel got snubbed, if anybody? <sighs> I don't be caring enough, man. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> I'm not like that all star game shit, man. It's so played. They don't be trying. Like it's it's kind of similar. Like, did you watch the NFL All Star game this weekend? The Pro Bowl, absolutely not. I was yeah, not watching the Pro Bowl. Yeah, see, that's that's how long it's been. That's how disassociated I'm with the shit. Like, it's zero effort in these things, man. And I can't get invested when the players aren't invested. I mean, I know it's supposed to be fun and all that stuff, but like the the lack of effort makes it more boring in a sense. So I mean, I'm gonna be paying attention. Yeah, I agree. Instead of the All Star game, man, I write what I I can I still understand. Be like, okay, these people are voted the All Stars. Cool, those are the All Stars. That's just a popularity contest. Cool, we don't have to play a game. Instead, yeah, it's like like, like players. I want to see like we can do one v ones, like a one v one tournament. Yeah, things like, like that. Three, we can see stuff like that. The big three type shit. I'd rather see some yeah. something like that. I'd rather see the big three type. As well, like a half court thing, big three, just do it like that. You have the but four it's, point. It's circle hard to incentivize that, though. You know what I mean? Because yeah, because it's history. It, it's still it's still meaningless basketball in a sense. So it's like you make you make. I mean, a three on three format, half court. I I watch that shit. I ain't gonna lie. I watch that shit. At least it'd be something new. 
Yeah, I feel like it bringing a lot of fans to come back and they would watch like instead of watching a full four quarter All Star game, nobody really cares about. If you do a quick three v three game to like like eleven, mm-hmm. only ones and twos, or you can even go like fifteen twos and threes just to keep the twos and threes going, and then or a game to twenty one, whatever. Like any of those, and I guarantee you, more people are gonna watch that because it's gonna be fast paced, boom, 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 and then just and then keep you know rotating. the three on three is gonna is gonna eventually evolve into a one on one mid game. Yeah, exactly. Because someone's gonna be talking shit, and then it's gonna be like, you know what, fuck the game. It's gonna throw us off the court, and then it's gonna be a one on one, and the camera's just going wrong. Really, we should stop recording, kind of publish, like you know, get some. You know what I mean? Trademark this idea. <laughs> go ahead, Ethan. Go ahead, Trey. I mean, the big three already got Ice Cube already got it. So I mean. We can make some tweets. We're we going to talk about all wax, man. We gonna <laughs> yeah, but my whole thing with this, too, is, again, I said the reason I said it don't make sense is because they are for it. If you think about how the voting went and how some people got kicked off when other people didn't and how you like this person made it when this person should have and everything like that, they forced these forwards to make a spot. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there was, there was a reason. Like originally, Lamelo did not make it because he was a guard, and they already had all their guard spots filled because you weren't taking Fred Van Fleet off, you weren't taking James Harden off, you weren't taking Zach Levine, and then Darius Garland got that last guard spot. So there was no guard spots available left. There was only forward spots by the NBA rules. The rest of the players had to be forwards. However, they changed that when Kevin Durant got hurt. Technically speaking, they had to replace them with a four to follow their own model. However, they replaced them with a guard. They did the same thing with Draymond by giving DeJounte Murray his spot. So my thing is, if those positions don't matter, why the hell are they still there? Like, there's no reason. in the era of positionless basketball, right? Exactly. Like, we, like, I don't need to have three fours in my starting lineup. I don't have to have like that. Doesn't that doesn't make sense? If the like the top ten players or top twelve players or whatever, if eight of them are guards, then put all eight guards in there. Or if nine or ten of them are guards, put the ten guards in there, and that just means that that's where the era of where we're going. Like, I'm I one hundred percent believe. That nobody would have a problem seeing Trey Young, Lamelo, Zach Levine, uh, Giannis, and another guard on the court, uh, like Steph, on the court at the same time. All, that's their starting lineup. Who would be upset? With, like, oh, they have too many guards. They don't have any sense. That would be fun. That would the, literally the big be men fun. would be upset. Harrison, the big. I don't give a damn about these big men. The like NBA, the, the, the big NBA men. Does. Yeah, that's the problem. They care too much about those unnecessary things when a lot of times it does it doesn't matter the anymore. Big man is unnecessary to the game of basketball. No, I'm saying it's unnecessary because of how positionless the basketball. Like LeBron, he's listed as a forward last year or like last year and the year before, he was playing point guard. He's his listed position was point guard. So he was a point guard. This year he's been playing forward, he's been playing point guard, he's been playing center. So this positionless that, that ability is not positions. a luxury afforded to a lot of people to play basketball. So it's like, yeah. if you have centers, so say, so say it is like that. Just most votes, most popularity wins. 
So first 10. First 10 is in. And none of those are centers. Now the centers are losing visibility and like the endorsements and all that shit that comes with being in the All-Star weekend. You know that's what not I mean? my problem. Be better. I know, I know Be it's better. not your problem, but it's but probably. But that's not the case, though, because it's, it's probably two of the top five players. In the, well, three of the top six to seven players in the NBA right now are bigs. And B, Jokic, and Giannis Correct. are all three bigs. So that lets me know that a big can still make it. It's just y'all aren't as likely because y'all aren't dominating the same. I know a lot of people like, oh, well, like people like Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert defensive t- style big man who aren't going to put up crazy numbers and everything like that. People worry about players like that. They're not going to get their proper recognition. And I understand it because their game is not sexy. Nobody wants to watch that. In an all-star game, do you really want to see Rudy Gobert? Because Rudy Gobert isn't like 360. Picture you know, this. John Picture this. Picture this, right? It's John Moran, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert posts up, right? But he's seven foot. He got a baby on him. He got like fucking some small guard from the East on him, fucking Kyrie or somebody, right? Not Kyrie. But, and then he just holds the fucking ball up. Statue of Liberty style. And Jaw just comes and fucking dunk contest style, jumps up and grabs that shit between, between the legs, dunk it. That shit would be crazy, man. You gotta have a big man in there. That shit would but never how happen. Often do you see that? Yeah, I've had to but, say you never go see it. But, <laughs> but you, but you, you, you really never see it if you don't have a big man. Man, you know what I mean? Because oh, no, I don't know the, what cra- you mean. the enticing thing, the the enticing thing about sports is yes, the shit that does happen, but it's more so the shit that could happen. Every year, we pour over draft reports and watch the combine. And listen to analysis, and listen to people tell us what could happen with these players, and we eat it up because we just love anticipation. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have a point, but I still don't. I still don't care to see Rudy Gobert or Draymond yeah, in a, in a All Star game. But I, I think the, the, both those players are All Stars because of what they're that good. However, in the All Star setting, in that kind of game, they don't really thrive. Same with like other like like Dejounte Murray. You're gonna see him dunk every once in a while. Fred Van Fleet might see him shoot a limitless three or something. But it's just like a lot a lot of players like Jimmy Butler. His game doesn't transfer to an All Star. But then you look at like Lamelo and Trey Young. Their games transfer to All Star games. You look at Jason Tatum, Demar Derozan. Man, they're not really transferring to All Star games. But it's like that's something like there's certain people I want to see, certain people I don't. And I just. I don't know. We just need to go to positionless. Get rid of the whole gu- three guards, two four or two guards, three fours thing. Get rid of that. Just like y'all. Cause remember, they used to have it as two guards, two fours, and a center. And then they got rid of the center position. They only did two guards, three fours. I think they need to get rid of that too. Top twenty-four players, they make it. Let's just go. That's just how I feel. But we're gonna go to a short break, and we'll be right back.
and we are back to discuss the second part of this episode which will be the trades we have been woge bombs sham my notifications have been blowing up today i know yours were too we saw all the trades that went down we saw the you know two pretty big trades came down today over the past couple days we've had a couple other trades with the trade deadline being thursday and you know you're gonna start seeing more and more moves get made you know you're gonna see i wouldn't be surprised we see another big move tomorrow and then the rest not another move until thursday and then thursday just starts going crazy mm-hmm. but let's just get into these and i'm gonna ask your opinion on them. okay the blazers have they they say they are planning to you know make these moves and everything with dame for dame and everything and build around them they said they didn't opened up 60 million cap space and they even gained a 21 million dollar trade exception all that to make sure dame is good going into the offseason mm-hmm. however I don't know who's going to Portland. Who like what? I don't. I I don't. I can't Nobody. think of a. Yeah, exactly. I can't think of a big free agent who was ever looking like. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Portland. They gonna have to hit on somebody with just the right chemistry, but I don't. I can't imagine who that would be. Just looking at the field. I mean, maybe you could convince somebody to go. I mean, it's it's basketball. You you rarely in the city you live in anyway. So if you find someone that looks at it like that, I mean. Kyrie might be looking somewhere else to play next year. But do you really want to go with the undersized Kyrie? Like the backward? I just don't see how it, enticing it can it, be, though, because you just have Dame there. You don't I mean, have anybody I don't think like, Dame's going to be there either, if we're being honest. But Then why are they opening up this space to be like, oh, yeah, this is for Dame? Desperation. Yeah. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think there's alignment in the organization, right? Like, didn't they just fire the GM so they're operating? Yeah, they don't have an actual GM. They have their interim GM in here, which is kind of crazy because the actual GM was like, fucking... I'm not making – yeah, the, the intern was like, man, see, I ain't got time for this. We about to get some stuff moving. And the biggest piece of his return was – I mean, what would you say the biggest piece of his return was? Josh Hart? Uh, the draft I, picks? Like uh, – it wasn't even crazy draft picks. I'd probably say the rookie Keon Johnson, but I just hope that this GM, they actually uh, give him the job because if they don't give him the job and they give somebody else the job, that's a lot to inherit. That's a he, lot to inherit. Yeah, because you're talking about if the best return was Keon Johnson, we're talking about a player that's probably two years away from consistent minutes on a good team. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because he's pretty fucking raw. I mean, he's talented, but he's raw. So... Excuse me. And you're talking about the player you traded away was a player that's been with you the last 10, the last however many times you've been to the playoffs. And it was an integral reason for that. You know what I mean? But yeah, the, I mean, they, they can afford to do score. that because of Afrini Simons, though. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Simons does it, but he's another guard. And I don't see him staying if Dame stays away. I feel like they're going to – because they said they're going to make – their they plan to make their moves with the picks and the youth that they have. So mm-hmm. he's going to be – if they want to keep Dame and they're like, we're going to make some trades and try to bring some people in, he's going to get traded. There's no way they keep him and Dame. If they want to build around Dame and they said they're going to go out one more time, there's no way he stays. But if they get rid – they trade Dame finally, then I understand. But at the same time, it's like – you could have got more with these moves. So let me let, let's just talk about let me break down what the Blazers got received in these last couple of days. Mm-hmm. So the first trade they made was 
with the Clippers where they brought in Eric Bledsoe, who, I mean, I don't really understand it because they already have Dame there. Mm-hmm. They have Simons there. So they don't need another point guard. Bledsoe's making 18 mil this year and 19 next year. They brought in Winslow, Justin Winslow, who is making like roughly $4 million this year and $4 million next year. They bring in Keon Johnson, mm-hmm. who's on his rookie deal, obviously, in a 2025 second-round pick. But they give away Robert Covington, who's a veteran and who's widely known around the league as like a top-tier 3 and D type player. But he's on an expiring contract. Uh, he's making almost $13 million a year, but his contract's up after this year. So I can see why they got rid of him. Because they probably thought he's probably not re-signing with us. So let's let us move him. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell, I don't understand why they moved him, especially for this package. Norman Powell was a 20 point per game scorer. They traded Gary Trent Jr. to get Norman just Powell. Last year. Yeah, just last year. They traded Gary Trent Jr., who has been going crazy since he's been with Toronto. He's been playing elite defense and being a 20, 22 point per game scorer. And he's being legit. You're like, oh, my God, he can score the basketball and play really good defense. So why did they give him up to get Norman Powell just to get rid of Norman Powell to bring in Eric Blesser? And it's like Norman Powell wasn't on an expiring deal. Norman Powell is locked in for like the next four years. Yeah, just bought a house. He bought a house. He signed Like He's like, I'm going to be here for a while. He's making 15 this year, 16 next year, 18 after that, 19 after that, and then 20. So he was here for a good while. So it was like, there was no reason to trade him. It's like, he's locked in for five years. Nah, let's get rid of him for Eric Bledsoe. That doesn't make sense. And then You could have got more for that. And then for me, because Norman Powell went to the Clippers, right? Yeah. So it's like, with... I don't understand what they're trying to do because Paul George is out for an extended period of time. Kawhi is probably out for the rest of the year. I mean, where what where is the playoff push y'all trying to make? If you're being honest, like what what are we doing? Are we just trying to keep fans entertained? I think that's more so like keep the fans entertained for the normal power thing. And I think they're like, okay, let us get off of Eric Bledsoe's contract. Cool, we brought him in. He didn't work. Let's get rid of him. And I think their logic is this right here. All right. Kawhi and Paul George were good, but we saw that they needed a third type player, a third type scorer. And you saw Terrence Mann kind of doing that a little bit. They're like, let's bring in a legit scorer. And Norman Powell is a 20 point per game scorer. Like, legitly, he's not bringing much defensively. He's not bringing much playmaking wise. But mm-hmm. you already have Paul George and Kawhi to play defense and everything. So I think their logic was okay, we have him for the next five years. So we don't have to, we can throw this year away. And next year, we'll have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Norman Powell as our quote-unquote big three. Norman Powell can be a legit, like I said, he's a 20-point-per-game scorer. With them two, he'll probably jump, drop down to like 18, 17. So I think that's kind of they're kind of giving up on this season. Like, hey, he'll just be cool, let him chill, and we have him for the next five years, so let's look for next year. I think that's kind of where their mindset is, which I can understand it if they – if they plan to make some moves in the offseason, you know what I mean? Because the Clippers kind of, um, yeah, they gave up most of their picks to bring in Paul George. So it's not like they really have that much draft capital, you know what I mean? Thank you. So I guess, yeah. So I guess they're trying to be like, hey, we got to get it how we can. This player is selling. And if we can get him for only Keon Johnson, who obviously we're, win- we're trying to win now. Keon Johnson, like you said, is a couple years away from even cracking the rotation. We're not even talking about being a legit player from cracking the rotation. Yeah, yeah, but don't don't, don't say it like that though. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I'm saying for, like, he, he's, he'd be good on a rebuilding team, not on a, because they don't have time to develop him. On mm-hmm. this, on the Clippers, he probably won't be ready for another three, four years. He, because he he's not going to be G-League getting minutes. minutes. Yeah, because he's going to be getting G League minutes, he's not going to be running. Which but is right, because he's, 20, he's 19, like. Yeah, on a rebuilding team, he might be ready in two years, three years, because he's going to get that run, he's going to get the PTE run, and they're going to be ready. That's, that's, that's kind of my thing with it. And then the other Blazers move they did was um, when they did it with the Pelicans, which was today, which was a big move that nobody was expecting. They they brought in Josh Hart, who's making 12 mil this year, 13 mil next year, and the next year after that. So he's locked in. They brought in Tomas Sadoransky. He's expiring contract, so he's gone after this year, so they're fine. Um, they brought in Luzada, who um, was called – he was the 35th pick from, like, 2018, 2019, whatever. He's not making any money at all. So then a 22 first in two seconds. So I was like, okay, how does that make you better? So basically, you gained um, Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson. You have three second-round picks, one first-round pick, a rookie who has played like five games in three years, Josh Hart and Tomas Sadoransky, who's leaving after this year. Clusterfuck. Yeah, and they gave up. Oh, and then they gave up. What's it called? They gave up CJ, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. My thing, though, is I like Larry Nance. I like Larry Nance a lot. He was a good small ball defensive, what's it called, big. The mm. CJ thing, at first, I thought they could have got more from him until I saw the Woes report showing that a lot of GMs didn't want CJ. And the reason they didn't want him was he's a 6'4 guard who's not bringing much playmaking, not bringing much defensively. He can, he, he can be a legit 25-per-game scorer. He can be, he's a legit scorer in the league. But he's making 30 mil this year, which I didn't know. He's making 33 mil next year and 36 the year after that. So he's making, like, top 20 player in the league money. Mm. And he might not even be top 10 in his position. So, got another agent, man. Yeah, hey, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that agent, man. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying, though. So, I was like, yo, y'all can get more from CJ. That man, he's a buggy. He can get 25 games. But then you see that contract, it's like, ooh. Teams looking at that like, you going to eat up that much cap, and all you bring in is scoring, and you not bringing nothing else? We can go find a Norman Powell who can bring in 20. Like who could score twenty a game much cheaper than you? We yeah, go dude. bring in Karis LeVert, who just dropped like forty the other day, and he making way less money than you. We can find twenty. Like I know twenty points per game in the NBA is a lot. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't it's know. Crazy. You just gonna find it. Like no, I'm saying there's the plenty of other it. players that can get it that are on cheaper deals. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a reason like, on those cheaper deals though. Yeah, but. I think if CJ wasn't in Portland, he wouldn't be making thirty mil a year and almost forty mil in a couple years. Mm. Let's be let's keep it a buck. Like, do you really think CJ is a damn near forty million dollar a year player? Mm. Mm. I plead the fifth. Yeah, see, I, I'm not. I'm person. I'm not paying that man that much money for. And you saw the playoffs last year. You saw Dame drop fifty. And they struggling, they losing, they can Dame giving all he had. Dame had one of the greatest playoff games in history. And I'm talking about in NBA history. 
and they lost, and they and they were struggling out there. Mm-hmm. That man CJ wasn't doing nothing. He couldn't provide no kind of support. And I'm Can like, that man improve, bro. That nigga like almost thirty. This he nigga's fifty years old hooping in the gym right now, right now. Man, I don't want to hear that. He almost on thirty. So like, if he was like 25, 26, I'd be like, you got a point. This nigga thirty, almost thirty. I'm not. I can't do it. Not me personally. I as a if I was a GM, I couldn't do it. So I see why people strayed away from him, and it hurts to say that. But come on now, keep it a buck, spells. Well, you you know you're not paying that man. All right, man. Nah, come on. So okay, okay. See, y'all taking y'all taking that kind. Of, I mean, y'all probably would eat the contract just because y'all be like y'all got to give us yeah. a pick. You bring picks with it. <laughs> so you ain't like, hey, we, we good. Go ahead. <laughs> do whatever you need just go ahead and bring the pick the thing that I found funny about that pick though is it's not even a guaranteed first round pick that the Blazers are getting after no, giving it's up like CJ 5-14 or some weird shit yeah, like yeah, that yeah it'd be 5-14 the Blazers start get at it five? Like, so they can keep it if it's 1-4 through four? what the fuck yeah the Pelicans keep it if it's 1-4 through four, and the Hornets get it if it's 15-30 through 30. that's not like a horrible deal I would definitely want that first pick <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's what I'm saying. But they said that um, the Blazers get – they didn't name what year. They are like, if it falls outside of it, the la- the Blazers get a, fu- a future first-round pick from blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but we don't – y'all don't even know what year the first-round pick is. That might be like three, four years from now. We don't know what that's about. Mm-hmm. Y'all supposed to be rebuilding right now. Yeah, that pick like, from five years ago, that's not going to help y'all. Nothing pisses me off than seeing Sam Presley take like a second-round pick for like 2026. <laughs> you know what I mean? After he just traded some nigga essential to like my playoff aspirations. He said twenty twenty six second round pick. He like, huh? That's, what are we supposed oh, to yeah. do? With? That's four years away. What am I supposed to do with that? I'll be lit for him. I'll be like, I see the vision, bro. It's working. <laughs> he be cra- capping like, yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, you better do something with all these picks, but I understand. So. But yeah, we saw that one, and then um, the other big trade before we get well before we get into today's trade, let's go into the other trade, the other big trade that was from a couple of days ago. That uh, the Pacers actually the Pacers, yeah the the Pacers made two trades. So just like busy, we just busy the Blazers, beans, man. Yeah, we're gonna go on because they said they're blowing it up. But I see a lot of people talk about. Uh, I see a lot of Mavericks fans. I seen a lot of like other fans saying, "Oh, we want Miles Turner," but. What I remember, the Pacers said they're only giving up either Sabonis or Miles Turner. They're not giving up both. Do you feel they did the right thing giving up Sabonis? Yeah, I think uh, Miles Turner is more versatile. You can do more with him because his height, he adds more to you on defense. Sabonis, he wasn't, I don't want to say he's undersized, but he's a little undersized. You know what I mean? Like, he's 6'9", but he's not like a huge 6'9". Yeah. So, I mean, it's... It's whatever. It was a hard decision, but I think they made the right one. Yeah, I understand it. Um, I saw somebody compare him to like a lo- a Jokic light type player because they said what Sabonis brings to the table is all offensive. They're like he can semi stretch the floor. He like he's not he can stretch the floor, but not at like a great clip. But he can stretch the floor if needed. He's a good low post player. He's a great rebounder and he's a great passer. So he's a he's a big man that can pass you all those things, 
but he's given up so much defensively because he's undersized and he doesn't have he doesn't he's not like with those bigs with super long wingspans like you have like a Draymond who's undersized but that man got like a seven three wingspan Sabonis doesn't have that he has an under he's undersized he has little arms and everything like that so he's bringing a lot offensively but that <laughs> defense is just not there. So that man got T-Rex arms. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Look at a picture of Sabonis. You'll see his arm. You're like, golly, this man got some little arms. But, I mean, here's the thing. With a player like Sabonis, with a player like Jokic, they aren't, like, as great as they are, they're not plug-and-play guys. You have to build a system around them. Like, you can't just go take Jokic and throw him on – the Nets and they be great, or you throw him on the Bucks or something like that, and they just be great because like he he needs a certain system because he's gonna be the primary facilitator. He the offense runs through him, so he needs a certain type. That's why Jamal Murray and them work perfectly because they're score first players. You notice that the Nuggets always get score first players. They don't get playmakers because they know they need a certain system and a certain scheme to work with him. They playing towards their system. If you go get a primary, like you go get a Chris Paul, you go get somebody that's going to be the primary playmaker. Yeah, Chris Paul's a genius, so he can make it work. But it's like, that's kind of, there's no reason to have the Jokic in Chris Paul, then that doesn't make sense. You need a score. So with Sabonis having a light version, I'm like, I would have traded Sabonis as well, because in my mind, I'm like, hey, Miles Turner, I know, well, I don't have to, I can plug him in any kind of system I want to bring in. If I want to bring in a superstar, I want to. Like, build around, try to trade for X, Y, and Z. No matter who I bring in, Miles Turner fits. He's he's a, one of the leaders in blocks. He, you saw how great he was defensively, how, how he affects the Pacers. He can stretch the floor, shoot the three. And he's not, like, super high usage. You don't have to – even though Sabonis was, had a lower usage this year, but Miles Turner, you can – like I said, you can plug him in anywhere. Yeah. Like, like, hey, go block shots, go shoot threes. Yeah, they did the right thing with that one, man. Yeah, I I agree too. But um, let's go with they traded Karis LeVert, who has two years left on his deal, and a twenty twenty two second from Miami, and for Ricky Rubio, a lottery protected first and a twenty two, um twenty twenty two second from Houston and a twenty twenty seven second from Utah. I understand the Ricky Rubio. The Cavs or the Pacers taking Ricky Rubio because he's an expiring contract, so that opens up salary. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like they could have got more for Karis LeVert because all they got was a first, a lottery protected first. So basically, it's a late first round pick. If it is basically falling, you know, after 15, after 16, 15, 16, whatever, and then like two seconds, like a second next year, or in a second in 2027. Like, I don't know. Karis LeVert can be a legit 20-point-per-game score, just like Norman Powell. And I feel like, though, that cut – like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that? <clears throat> I ain't going to lie to you, bro. I missed the last three minutes of whatever you just said. Oh, brother. <laughs> I, I was just going over the contract. I said, okay, what do you think about first that? Off, first off, mm-hmm. you left me astounded that you had a five-minute deep dive on fucking Sabonis. I don't know if any other <laughs> color analyst or any commentary will have such a detailed fucking deep dive on his fucking arm length, his positional versatility. Like, his shit was crazy. So that amazed me. Then they sent me down a fucking deep thought train or whatever, what other fucking random analysis you have of players. Like, fucking, what do you think of fucking Kyrick Williams? 
<laughs> Y'all leave me alone. <laughs> it, is, it is Kenrich, but he is a good versatile defender. Yeah. I like. I, I saw a lot of people talking about like he like they won the first round pick and they were like, "We're not giving a first round pick." I said, "Uh, yes, a late first round pick I would give because a versatile defender that can guard one through four is it's valuable, especially on a valuable. championship level team. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, a first. You realize I've seen people throw away first round picks for worse. Like people throw around a late first round pick and they're like, oh, a late first round pick? Because a first round pick in basketball does not convey like a first round pick in football. Like a first round pick in basketball is really just like a better chance at a shot in the dark. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think um when you look at the development piece, and this is this is short this is a little short sidebar. We're gonna get back to the trade shit in a second. (laughs) Um after you reiterate your question about Karis Levert, because I was on my little own sidebar. But Fucking the development piece, like if you look at NFL football, they had that three year rule because you know you need time to grow into your man body before you start banking your body against other grown men for money, apparently. But in basketball, because there's no need for that physical maturation, and there's that dumbass rule where you have that imaginary year between high school and the pros, um, like your body doesn't mature as fast, so it's just like you know what I'm saying, like the development piece is just different. So you might not have a ready-made, a ready-made product. You draft them on a lot of potential, AKA like, yeah, which is most, most, most first round picks are like, they, that's why the people go for you. Cause like you were talking about earlier with the all-star stuff, you were like, people want to see like the potential that they want to, they want to be amazed. They want to be like, they're going exactly. for what could be. So like, Oh yeah, this first round pick, they're not going to draft the person that's like, oh, we know he's going to be a 13-point-per-game scorer. He's going to have a 12-year NBA career. He's going to be legit starter, and he's going to be here. They're going to go for the person that's like, he might be the next, who knows, Michael Jordan. But if he doesn't hit Michael Jordan, he's going to be Michael, like Michael K. Gilchrist. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, so it's like, you Michael see the Kidd boomer bust. Wherever you are, man. Man, <laughs> so like yeah, so it's like this boomer bust, and it's like you're gonna you're gonna go like that. So I understand that too. Like the, I, I don't I don't I don't a player like that. We were just talking about with Keon Johnson. If you're a championship contender in team, like you said, like how you were talking about, like that versatile defense is good for a championship contending teams and a player that can stretch the floor a little bit. That like somebody like the Lakers, they're like, oh yeah, we need a versatile defender. Who can stretch the floor? We will take him because, and we will throw away a first round pick because that first round pick for us isn't going to play. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for us to. We're going to draft this rookie. Look at Cam Johnson right now. If the Nets weren't struggling with um, injuries right now, Cam Johnson wasn't getting no run early in the year. He started getting run because of COVID, all these other things. You look at all these like rookies for like championship contending teams. They're not going to get any run. You're going to spend most of your time out there in the G League. Mm-hmm. You might try to get in. A, uh, there's some crazy injuries. Well, obviously, with Kobe right now, there's more reason to step up. I think there was a crazy. They broke the NBA record for 10-day contracts this year because, obviously, there was so many. There was a need to because of COVID. Yeah, man. A lot of insurance agents got paid this year, man. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. So, like, things like that. In a regular season, a non-COVID season, a lot of these rookies, a lot of these players aren't seeing the court. Because of that, you're like, they have no value to me. Because if I'm a championship contending team, 
my first round pick is going to be between like 25 and 30 more than likely. Which is damn near and, a second round pick. Yes, damn near a second rounder. So it's like you're taking a second rounder because the, in the rookie you're going to get is more than likely going to be a – you might find a gem every once in a while. But more times than not, it's going to be a player that you either doesn't make it past the – what's it called – the first training camp, you they don't you cut him or anything that he might go find another career somewhere else with another team that has time to let him develop, but more likely he, or he's gonna sit in the G League and you're never gonna see I him mean, until shit, even three years later. Even the motherfucking first round picks that do play Tyrese Halliburton traded, you know what I'm mean? saying? Like there's just no value on on potential and talent and just that first round. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's just. If if you win now, if you win now mode, the hell of potential. You know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. Like they're like, oh yeah, this player can be all this. We don't care. Like if what's it called? Um, they're like, we have the number one draft pick for this year going into this year, and you've seen everybody talk about all these. Ben, you see them talking about Banchero. You talking about Smith. You seen you talk about um Chet. You seen all these. If the Bucks said. Y'all, we trade you Giannis for that first round pick. Y'all are saying F all those rookies, F that potential. Even last year, if Kay Cunningham be like, oh, he's a generational. If they say Giannis right here, or they say we can trade you KD, give us that first round pick, y'all are doing it without blinking. For KD, yes. Yes, because you're like, oh my gosh, that's a maybe. This is a guarantee. Mm -hmm. Like, like, we're not going to bet on a maybe. We're not going to bet on potential. Yes, if they do. Who cares? We got this player. Like, like who cares? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you with that whole potential thing. Yeah, man. So, let's, I guess let's get back to these trades, man. Oh, My yeah. Bad. So, the, yeah, you, you, well, you made it go to tangent. But, like, the LeVert thing. I said he's a legit 20-point-per-game scorer. He's locked in for this year and next year. They got a second from Miami. But the Pacers just gave up a Ricky Rubio who's hurt for the rest of the year. He's not playing the rest of the year. And he, his contract is over after this year. So they just got – that's just free money clearing it out. And they got just a lottery protected first in two seconds. Yeah, like a, like you said, man, I think they're just trying to rebuild and reset. Uh, it might not been a – it may not have been a culture fit for Karras. I, I wasn't really tracking his fit with the Patriots that much this season. I didn't expect him to be gone so soon because he mm-hmm. – I feel like he just got there like late, late last year. If I'm not mistaken, was it or was he yeah, off season? Because he, you got to get. Yeah, he just came back from injury. Yeah. They traded him over there and they let him rehab and everything. He didn't look too good at the beginning, but he started looking good near the end. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, I mean, luckily for him, he gets to contend again. I mean, he's going to the Cavs, which are surprisingly a contender in the East. So yeah, and the crazy thing is, they're getting another legit scorer, and that's gonna make them dangerous. Because Darius Garland's already good floor general. Where's Colin Sexton fit in that team he's, when he's he, healthy? He doesn't. I was thinking the same thing. He doesn't. He doesn't anymore. Like, cause he's an undersized guard, and he can't. He's not the best defender. He's just a undersized guard who's a legit scorer. He's a, he can bring you twenty points a game or almost like forty percent, like forty percent from the three, like thirty eight to forty percent from the three, and like a forty five. I, I see his future be like a 46 percent from the field kind of guy, and he can and he can be a legit scorer like that. But he's just not bringing anything else. He's bringing you probably like two, three assists, not many rebounds because he's an undersized guard, and he's not bringing you defense. So it's like I mean, I think he can. I think I think he could do more assist wise if asked to. He he was asked to. 
His past his past couple years, the last three years, they were like, remember when his rookie year, they were like, he can't play point guard. All the vets in his locker room were they came out all the sports saying they don't believe Colin Sexton can play point guard. Well, they no, don't believe he's a good point guard. That, well, they just said that because they he wasn't passing. He went in there. He was looking like the score. The score. Remember, he had the young bull. Everybody was talking about that. Yeah, he's a dog. He's not afraid of nobody. He was just going to score, score, score. And they're like, well, that's a Yo. coaching thing, bro. Learn how to coach niggas. If Doc Rivers coaching them, he'd be a fucking point guard. I mean, yeah, I guess it, I guess it depends. Like we we don't we'll we'll never know because he I didn't know. play. He tried to play point guard. He wasn't passing. They brought it in the next year. They went and drafted Darius Garland because they were like. All right, and everybody's like, why are you drafting another point guard if y'all just drafted a point guard the year before? And they're like, this guy can playmake. And they're like, we need both of them. You saw Darius Garland being a playmaker. Colin Sexton only worried about scoring. He didn't have would to worry you, about passing. Would you take one of my else. basketball fan card if I told you I'd never watched Darius Garland dribble a basketball? What? Yeah, man. Yo, have you Bro- ever watched Mark Price play basketball? Mark? Like, I, I, I know this. He's like he's a nice. I've only watched like when you know on NBA TV when they show those old games and everything. Like imagine, those? yeah. Oh, Sick I used nigga. to watch those. You didn't watch those re, re like reclass like those, oh, like I they used hate, to show. The, I oh hated that old shit. Hell no. Nah, that's the only way you could. I got to see them play other than highlights. So imagine, um, a Mark Price, mm-hmm. Steve Nash type player. Mm-hmm. And that is what you have with Darius Garland. Mm. He has a amazing runner floater game. Mm. He is a amazing playmaker. He's not that good defensively. He's not the greatest mm. athlete, but he can be a floor general. You can tell the difference between when he's on the court and off the court. Off the court, it's like the Cavs are still great defensively, but their offense struggles even when they have those scores, which is why I think they bring in Karis LeVert. They need someone to play, make, set them up, and make life easier. I think people underestimate what a good point guard could do. You saw what it did with Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker was scoring, scoring, scoring. But then they talk about when Chris Paul came in, they were, he was like, I, like my, it's so easy to get shots. Like It's so easy for me to get my shots where I want them, getting the spot in the right ball. I mean, getting the ball in the right spot in like where I want it, when I want it, everything like that, not having to dribble, create everything for myself. Having somebody literally just give me the ball and all I got to do is catch and shoot or catch and score or do one move, that's like people underestimate how important that is, and that's what Darius Garland does. It might not always show up in the box score. It might not show up in anything like that, but if you sit there and watch him and then go back and watch old Mike Mark Price, go back and watch Steve Nash, you will see Darius Garland. A lot in, of Darius Garland's game goes from there. Mark Price is I a very light skin name. Mark Price is white. He's he he was oh, an old point guard from the Cavs. The he was a '90s point guard. You see, like when um we know Jordan's like uh he hits the shot over the Cavs. He hit it over Craig Elo, I believe. But Mark Price was on that team. Those Cavs teams were pretty good. They had Larry like Larry Nance Senior on them and everything. Mm-hmm. I like them. I, I I like Mark Price a lot. He's one of those '90s point guards that I really like. That doesn't really get talked about a lot. And I just think, yeah, if you, you watch his game, you'll see a lot of Darius Garland. That's for the old heads out there that watch Mark Price. Y'all will know what I'm talking about. It's a real Anyways, basketball stand right here, man. Clap it up yeah. for this guy. <laughs> yeah, so that – and then we got the last trade of the day, the biggest trade of the day. Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill, Tristan Thompson for Jeremy Lamb, Sabonis, and a second-round pick. So is it do just you, me, or does that seem like lopsided? I, 
I feel like I'm on the wrong side of the light, lopsided though. You you think you think Sacramento won that? No, oh, I think oh, I'm on the right side. I think the Pacers <laughs> won it. Okay. I've seen some people talk about um like Sabonis and stuff, and I'm like, Sabonis is cool. But Tyrese, got, is nice, bro. Tyrese is not that man just had 38 and 17. And what's crazy was it's like it's like this 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 name this name it again. Just run through it again. Yeah, the 38 and 7. Oh, the the trade? Yeah. Tyrese, Buddy Hill, and Tristan Thompson's Wait, son what, or whatever so, he's expired. So not only Tyrese, then Buddy, come on, bro. Buddy Hill, who's locked in for the after this year, he's locked in for two more years. And it's not, who is a forty percent three point shooter. He yeah, is a yeah. sniper. And we're not acting like he's crazy, but he's a forty percent three point shooter. He is a fucking sniper, and and he has a chemistry with Tyrese, so it's that's valuable as well. So I'm. Mm. That's it's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be crazy. And all you got back was because like I get the Tristan Thompson thing because the Tristan Thompson thing was probably just a match salary. Cause you know you gotta match the salaries and stuff. Tristan Thompson's like expiring contract. He's, he's just kind of get getting tossed to around home. at this point. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? he's back he's in California. Yeah, uh, the they got a the Jeremy Lamb, who's also an expiring contract, and it's like Sabonis is cool. Sabonis, like he's locked in for two more years after that. Sabonis is only like twenty six years old, but. How much better do you really see Sabonis? Where do you see Sabonis' ceiling? Pretty much where is that? See, I, I kind of agree. I know a lot of people think Sabonis is going to blow up and become even better. They're like, oh, yeah, you don't know. He's only 26. He could get better. I'm like, I kind of think what you see is what you get. I feel like this is going to be. And not is wrong he going to get the ball like enough to, to be better? Because is he, what is he? He's always been like a second option, third option type guy. What? He, the off, but. I told you, like, Sabonis is one of those guys, like, the offense kind of runs kind of through him where he's playmaking, averaging, like, six or six games. De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, I love De'Aaron Fox. I still am glad that we didn't draft De'Aaron Fox. I thought we should have drafted him over Tatum. I was sad that he wasn't freed from the poverty franchise. But they said they only moved one. I feel like they were moving one. I love De'Aaron Fox. They should have moved Fox. I thought it was going to be Fox Fox. because, you know, he was older. And I thought you had seen what you needed to see. And while you might have liked it, you were like, all right, cool. Then enough. Let's try and see what's going on with Tyrese. And plus it's like, even looking at the box score and just like, if you just look at like how the minutes are distributed and, how how effective it is just like Tyrese has been to me more consistent this year and like you say he's cheaper. So here's my this thing. Is fucking dumb, bro. I'm taking I love the three ball. I'm taking the point guard who is a better defender, mm-hmm. a much better shooter, because Reese is shooting like forty percent from the three as well, and is a better playmaker. Fox is the better athlete. Fox is the, like, he is a better all-around scorer because he gets to the rim. He can give you 20. I don't think Reese is going to be a 20-in-point game scorer. He could be, but I don't think it's in Reese's game. You saw him explode for that 38 or whatever in 17 games. But if you look at a lot of Reese's games, he doesn't shoot the ball a lot, but he's efficient. He's an efficient player. He's like, yeah, I might shoot, like, 14, 15 shots, but I'm a playmaker a lot. Where you see people like Fox, he's a point guard, but he gonna get him his twenty shots. Mm-hmm. He gonna get his shots, 
and he's not a good three point shooter. He's also on the bad team as well. And shot selection looks different on that type of team. But I mean, you're right, you're right. But he's also can't space the floor. So here's my thing: you bring in a point guard who can't space the floor. With, well, you already have a point guard that can't space. The floor. You bring in a big who is a really good playmaker, but him facilitating that kind of take like De'Aaron Fox isn't an off ball player. Like you see Reese, Reese, you saw him off ball, loved it because he was a good shooter. He's a good second playmaker, everything like that. Fox, if you put him, take the ball out of his hands, what really is the reason to have Fox on the team then if the ball is not in his hands? I, I completely agree. That's my only thing with the trade. I was like, I feel like they should have got rid of Fox. And with Reese going with to the Pacers, and I know the Pacers, like they want to rebuild. It don't even look like the Pacers are rebuilding at this point. They have what's called... They 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 got a couple picks, yes, but they got Reese, they got Duarte, they got Buddy Hill, so they got three players that can legitly space the floor, and they have Miles Turner in the paint, who can space the floor and like rim protect. So they'll be okay. And Tyrese is a good defender as well. He's a really good player when he's playing the passing lane. He's really good playing those passing lanes. And maybe this is the opportunity to evaluate the coaches. You know, because since they retooled the roster. Yeah, and I think it's going to – because Carlisle's still there, and Carlisle yeah. is a good coach. So you have Rick Carlisle with Tyree – All the, I, I don't know. I think the Pacers won this. I think the Pacers' rebuild is going to be much faster than everyone – the Pacers say they're going to rebuild mode, but I, it does. I don't think they're going into rebuild mode. I think the Pacers might jump into a play-in type game. And the Kings, I still see the Kings falling out of the playoffs, which might work because you have Sabonis, you have De'Aaron Fox, and then you might get a top draft pick. You might get one of those big names. And then who knows? You might move Fox for somebody else and do something like that and just build around Sabonis. But I don't – I some, mm. I, still, I don't even think they're going to – you know what's crazy? Fox is probably still going to get traded. In the yeah, he's probably going to get still traded. But I can see the Pacers moving Buddy Hill still. Because Buddy Hield is a hot name. Oh Buddy Hield, he, he's like 20. I think he's 29 years old because you got to think he played four years in college. So he's like 29 years old. He's probably like 32 but, in real, reality. Didn't, <laughs> didn't it lose like his birth certificate or some shit? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, like I remember those stuff with that. So I'm like, who knows? But he right now it shows he's 29. He got two more years on his contract after this. 29. Yeah. So... I can see the King, the Pacers aren't a championship contender team right now. They're they still got a bunch of young talent. Like a lot of their players are young and under twenty five. I see they move Buddy Hill, and if they move him, they could get some more. They see they can get a good package for Buddy Hill because you gotta think the like how the Lakers were coveting him. All teams need a shooter. A snipe shooting is a very very important thing, mm -hmm. and he showed that he's one of the best shooters in the league. Consistently. So. Do you think he can come into play in any Sixers Nets talk? I doubt it. You know what's but, crazy? I feel like they're going to need a third team to jump in there. I mean, OKC I, is always waiting for that to buy his okay. contract. Said, hey, all y'all got to do is throw some picks here. We, we match your contract. We'll do what y'all want. Get, get me Tobias Harris, Cam Thomas. In the 2026 second round pick, what's up? I don't care who <laughs> he's from. like. Yeah, and then we said we'll 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 make the salaries match from there. That's all yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to do. 
So that's yeah. I mean, but I you see, you know your you know your GM wants picks over players. One hundred percent. But, but my I thing still, is, I, I, but I still think you would value a player like Cam Thomas because oh he's yeah, young yeah. Cam Thomas is different because he's a young. He's, he's, a, he's a young asset that's actually valuable, more valuable to us than he is to the Nets, which I think is why we'll be able to facilitate getting him in the trade. Mm-hmm. But I think also it'll also be hard because the Sixers will also probably want to try and get him because yeah. Maury is trying to like. Prove his dick is bigger than everybody's. But. That that really is. He's like, oh, James Harden for Ben Simmons, straight up, huh? They're like, no, nah, that's a, that's a good deal. And they're like, the Nets are like, what are you talking? No, like, you got to give us something else. I, I get it. Like in his mind, he has to clearly win this trade to win in the eyes of the media because otherwise, no matter what he does, the Sixers will have lost. They trade Ben Simmons, you know. Even though no matter what they do, they really win because he's not playing, but. I think he's just trying to make sure that all his bases are covered and he don't embarrass the organization. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. That's why I feel a third team is going to be involved because contract-wise and everything else, they're going to be wanting to throw other players. They're going to need stuff to match. So a third team, let's, you always see third teams jump in the trades just because they're like, hey, we're try- I see y'all want this person for this person, but y'all can't make it match. We'll throw in this player. Y'all give us this player and we work it out. So I can see a third team jumping in. So I can see, but I, I don't see Buddy Hill making it to Thursday. But if he does, I will be amazed. I will be amazed if he makes it to Thursday and he makes it past this summer. Well, look, man, I front loaded all my work for the week today. So I'll be glued to my computer screen in the office tomorrow tracking these trades, man. Oh, 100%. I'm working from home. So I will be here oh and watching everything. Yeah, I'll man, I need to get one of those work from home jobs, man. Yeah, they are nice. They are nice. So I will be looking at everything. We who knows? I might mess around and you know record another anime episode. We'll, I'm not making no promises, but we'll see. But yeah, let's go ahead and get out of here. We it's late. This episode need to get out. You know, it's been another episode of the Af Geese Podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women, but most importantly, remember to respect yourself. Cause simping ain't pimping, and we out.